Prayer request. The usual. I not to help, help America. Yes. Wake up. <laughs> that's the only thing it's going to be. God's got to do it. Well, he's going to do it, and it's got, we ain't going to like it. <laughs> exactly. The way he's going to have to do it, though, we're not going to like the results. And that's what we're studying, I mean, in the last several books of the uh, of the Minor Prophets. Any other prayer requests? I just got a text message from a dear friend of mine, Kathy, who's in Florida. She's had, she lives, her daughter bought this condo for Kathy to live in because she has, she's on fixed income. And I just got, a, it's been awful. And this morning I got a text. Not only, now she's having to contemplate leaving that condo because now the bedroom she had to create because of bees coming into a vent system that the property manager hasn't bothered coming over to look at. Now there's flooding from some kind of water pipe. Now the bed she created is now sitting in water. Mm. This is a girl that has, she lives basically on nothing. Let's she lives in Florida. And Let's I'd give anything if I was close by because it'd be right there, right now, helping her. Let's um, remember this. So pray for Kathy because this is one little girl. We talked about gratefulness. This is a little girl I can never forget when I was single. She says, Sherry, if you don't have your faith, you have nothing. I was 19 years old when she said that. She's Catholic, by the way. And I, at that time, I wasn't going to church. And I, I said to I always remind her what she said. And she does have faith. She doesn't go to church, but she has faith. And she believes in God in her own way. Let's pray for her. And if I can get to morning, sister. If I can do anything just to be with her, I, I would be in my car driving to Florida right now. You okay today? Yeah, it, the reason I'm late. Hey. You hear the Lord talking? You hear the Lord talking? He's talking in the skies. He's talking in the skies. Prayer request? Um, Jason is so normal family. Yes. For the past, I just was talking with him and he said it wasn't here. They had it where she yes. was from and it was a wonderful service. I'm sure it was. Yeah, and uh, I was in Dallas, right? Yeah, at a Baptist church in Dallas. My, uh, I had to go out of town Friday. Um, my uh, lady friend Grace, she's 90 years old. She was in the hospital. Mm. They couldn't get her heart and her blood pressure regulated. Her blood pressure's real high. So keep her in your prayers. Her yes. name is Grace. Grace. Yes. Anyone else? Showers of blessings. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love. People I love rain. Miss Lynn, I know she's been going through. Miss Lynn, that's in our She's been going through a lot. Yes. Please keep her in your prayers because she's unspoken request, but she's going through a lot right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the ones that are sick in the church. Miss Tonda, have y'all heard anything about Tonda? I haven't heard a thing. Tonda, Miss Tonda. I've been. Uh, Aiden's mom. I've been out. Of town myself for the last week. Uh -huh. I spoke to Sister Lynn Delancey Wednesday or Thursday. Mm. No, I take it back. It was Friday. She and I had a long conversation. Uh -huh. uh, Tonda just joined on Facebook. 
Okay. So, she's she's with us. Good, Good morning, Tonda. Anyone else with prayer requests? Continue to remember Barbara Evans and her family. What about Miss Liz? Uh, I have not heard anything about Miss Liz. Again, been out of town, so out of out of town and and not really watching the phone that much. I actually had a vacation. Um, played on the phone a little bit, but uh, didn't didn't watch it that often. Didn't answer the phone a lot this week. And I remembered this morning that I'm still uh, got my buddy on spill duty, so I got to go home this evening and change those numbers over, so I can take it back unless he wants to keep it for me, and I doubt that. <laughs> he and I are constantly on duty, and when he's out of town, I take his region. If I'm out of town, he takes my region, but we are 24/7 on duty, both of us. He's just doing double duty right now. Have you, have you heard anything else about Israel and about? I know Netanyahu wasn't going to pass the bill about being able to spread the gospel. Have you heard anything? No, I have not heard a thing about that. Okay. He, he's not spreading the gospel? No, he's not going to pass the bill. That They're trying to pass a bill in Israel saying that it's against the, it's the law, law to spread the gospel, to make someone convert from their religion to another religion, mm -hmm. and they're going to put you in jail if they, you do. Yeah, mm. but yeah. you, you can't this make anyone the, um, convert. <laughs> Israeli news. There's an Israeli news Which channel, channel, channel TV Seven. TV Seven. TV Seven. TV Seven. I have it on my phone. You can get Israel I'm news YouTube. break. You can get Israel news. It can you, just can you give me a well? I'm after. after you, you can find it on your phone. Yeah. I will show you. Yeah, I, I get it on my phone. On I would YouTube. love to be able to see that. Yes, we don't get this news on TV. No, we don't. No. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, and for allowing us the opportunity to, once again to come into your house to worship, to praise, to honor your name. Lord, we ask that you'll move, that you'll touch on the prayer requests that you, you have heard, Lord, and Lord, for the unspoken that we don't know, but you do, God. We ask that you'll bless and that you'll move, Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand. Lord, that you'll anoint my lips as I endeavor to bring forth your message. And Lord, we ask that you'll anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. We are in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, starting with verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower and will watch what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk was getting mentally reproved prepared to hear what God was going to tell him now that his complaint had been verbalized. More than likely, he, he was not physically climbing up to a watchtower, but however, he was mentally preparing to hear from God. He was probably, and I don't think I've got this written down, he, it was a spiritual watchtower that he was going to climb. He was going to stand watcher, in other words, he was going to be very attentive so that when God spoke, he would not miss anything. We need to be on our watchtower. Now, careful, don't get the broadcast, the publication, I guess it still comes out, the watchtower. Uh, be careful of that because of the denomination that's putting it out. Because uh, that's the Latter-day Saints, Jehovah Witness. Um, so be careful of the watchtower, but... Spiritually, we need to be on our watchtower. 
we need to be up there. And the person that was sitting on the watchtower was the one that would cry out for the warning when he saw enemy approach or any other kind of danger. If it was, we have our tornado warnings, we have our, you know, our alerts on our phone, oh my gosh, you're going to have a strong thunderstorm or warning, you're under tornado watch. Well, he was that day's weather alert. If he saw something happening, he would yell back and tell people, hey, there's a water spout, or hey, there's a tornado, or hey, whatever. We need to be on that power, our spiritual power. We need to be watching and warning. Just watching is not good enough. You've got to watch and warn. Is everybody going to listen? No. No, they're not. But is it your fault that they don't? No. It would be your fault if they didn't. If you didn't warn them, even in the days of the Exodus, God told Moses to tell Pharaoh that anybody left out in the field would be killed. Any cattle, any sheep, any whatever, any person that was to be left out in the field would be killed. That was a warning. Do you think everybody ran to cover? No, they would say, oh, it ain't going to happen here. Oh, it won't happen to me. Wonder how many people died in that hailstorm. I don't know, but it hailed this morning, but that's why I was late coming in. I can believe it. It's it's a nice little thunderstorm. So, you know, we get rain, we get thunder, it's it's the Carolinas. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, verse two. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. God began speaking to Habakkuk. His first words were to write the vision. God wanted a human record, a tangible and physical record of the conversation between he and Habakkuk and what God was showing or would show Habakkuk through the vision. The vision was to be written down on clay tablets and then a herald or town crier, as they became known as, would be able to read the revelation and then go tell it on his route. The heralder or the town crier had a route that they would deliver messages in, whether that was a town, community, city, or even a route between villages. He was the guy that would wake you up of a morning. It's 6 a.m. and all is well. It's 6 a.m. and it's raining. Bad weather wasn't a good, good time to be the town crier. Good weather was a great time to be the town car. Six o'clock and all is well. It's 10 a.m. All is well. It's That was the news center. That's what they do when they said the British are coming. Yes. He rode through the town on the there was a little girl, though, that rode a lot more than Paul Revere, but she doesn't get any recognition. Uh -huh. That's another story. That's a pet peeve of mine. My apologies. <laughs> I didn't even remember his name. I just remembered the British. The, the little girl rode hours, rode overnight just to warn that the British were coming. And nobody no, talks about her. Well, Paul Revere did ride and warn yeah. that the British was coming. He did do that. She but did. this little girl did it more than her. So did she go between the towns? She went between multiple towns, and she, she was the reason why they actually was able to get an infantry 
built so that they could fight against the British. No, about the same time, maybe a little after, but yeah, we all we all we all talk about Paul Revere, but we don't talk about the little girl. And honestly, I don't remember her name, but I can look it up real quick. Good morning, brother. How are you today? Well, how are you all? Can't complain. We are in Habakkuk chapter two, and we are discussing first two. Now, the, the heralder or the town crier, as I said, he would run between the towns or in the town and he would give you the news, he would give you the weather, he would tell you where the fires was at, he would tell you whatever. And he was your alarm clock. Because, you know, most towns, they didn't keep roosters in the town, so they didn't have the 6 o'clock rooster or the 5 o'clock rooster. Or the, I always wanted the 10 o'clock rooster, but my dad would never get me a 10 o'clock rooster. We always had the early morning 5 and 4 and 6 and say, come on. 4 o'clock, because I live beside some rooster, man. We had a rooster that would get up. I had a, a little bench right outside my window, and he would get up on that bench every morning about 4.30, 5 o'clock and crow. And wake me up. And when I'd look out the window, that rooster would grin at me. I hope you didn't need him. No, I didn't actually. I didn't need anything that would that I'd named. Oh no, I named everything and ate it. It didn't bother me. Uh, there was another reason the rooster got killed. It wasn't because he woke me up, but that was a part of it. I will say that. But. The town crier. He would run, he would yell, he would do whatever. He was also the one that would, uh, a lot of times, he was also the one that would put out the street lamps. Now, we're, we're beyond the Bible days, and we're in the early American days with the coal oil lamps and the gas lamps out on the street, and the town crier would also be the one that would snuff out that flame. Because you didn't want to use up all of your you know, goods, your resources. But he would deliver the message. God is wanting Habakkuk to write down the message so that it could be relayed carefully and correctly. Oftentimes when you hear oral traditions and oral stories between the first person, the second person, and the third person, it gets a little off, if you will. The old telephone game where you would whisper something in one person's ear and by the time oh, yeah. it got all the way around to the other side it was totally changed yeah. <laughs> well god didn't want the the message to be changed so he informed habakkuk that to write it down so that they could hear the right message we've got the bible now and everybody that's got a smartphone's got access to the bible most everybody's got at least a Bible in their house, but do they read it? Having it doesn't work. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of money on diets, but you've got to be on the diet for it to work. Buying the exercise equipment and using it as a coat rack doesn't get you in shape. You've got to use it. You've got to actually physically do something with it. Well, with the Bible... Even on our phone, you've got to access it and you've got to physically read it. Well, I can't understand it. Well, then you ask God to reveal it to you. I mean, we've got access to the author. 
who better to explain to you what he wanted to under to to convey than the author? And that's why you read it over and over because each time you read it depends on something how something else he reveals. To it does. depends on how deep you want, you know, to read it. You can get as deep as you want. It's up to the person. God wrote it so that, or had it written by man, so that we could all understand it. Now, I will admit, reading the King James Version sometimes does lend a little bit of uh, difficulty because of the language has changed. I mean, we don't speak in these and thous and stuff much, but that that has changed a little bit. There are good English or modern translations. Get one. NASB, NET, uh, Legacy. There's all kinds of good English standard Bibles out there now. Didn't change the message. Just changed the language. The message is the same. Now stay away from the message Bible. That's my little public service announcement for today. Stay away from the Message Bible. It's a paraphrase of what the original Bible, or the original Hebrew, the original Greek, the message. the message. It is a paraphrase. It is not the actual message. So stay away from that version. I like a question. What, Certainly. Is, what is the intent of the author of that Bible? Is it to... I think it was to... It, I, I think it was to condense and make concise the scriptures. So he would take four or five, six or seven verses and he would squish them together, mush them together, put a mixer, put them in a bowl and put them in a mixer, mix it up, and he tried to paraphrase. Well, you need to know that Daniel prayed morning, noon, and night before he was thrown into the lion's den. If you just get get told that Daniel got thrown to the lion's den, well, you have no idea why he got thrown in. So it loses a lot of the translation. And I don't know how he covered or how the author or the editor covered Daniel in the lion's den. I'm just using that as an example. But you have to know that he was thrown in. Or how about the three Hebrew children? If it doesn't convey that they were thrown in because they would not bow or worship a statue then you're missing the whole point. You see that three Hebrew children thrown into a fire and then they escape? Well, you miss why they was thrown in and you miss that Christ was in that fire with them walking around. You miss that the fire didn't bother them and even the smell of smoke didn't get on their clothing or in their hair. Now, a modern scientist will tell you that, oh my gosh, they had cool spots in those furnaces and that's how they survived. Yeah, well, no, that's not right because the Bible tells us that they were walking around so that cool spot was following them? No. And I'm sorry, but that was heated up seven times hotter than normal. A cool spot's still death in that kind of heat. It killed the guards walking up to the furnace. The, the guards died. There's no cool spot, or there might be in cool spots, but it still wasn't cool enough. So be careful what version you read. But do read, do study.
do listen. Do ask God to, to un- open your eyes of understanding so you can understand what he's wanting you to understand. God still communicates with us through his written word, through his Holy Spirit of drawing us and pricking our hearts and just, you know, letting us know that we're stupid and we shouldn't be doing certain things. He still communicates with us. And it's, it's an easy communication. It's, for me, he uses small words and he speaks slowly because he knows I'm a Tennessean and I, I speak slow and I also hear slow. Okay, so you start talking fast, I'm going to tune you I out. <laughs> I tell you, that's why I hate the phone. <laughs> my, my daughter talks the fastest of anybody I think I've ever, I've ever been around. She was... Uh, my son says I'm hard of hearing because he talks so fast I can't keep up. Well, my daughter was an associate manager of a, of a Hardee's one time, and a guy walked in, and she walked by. She said, welcome to Hardee's. You know any comments? And that guy's like, and I'm not joking. And I looked over and said, she said, welcome to Hardee's. Do you need any condiments? No, I'm good. She come back by, and she spoke to him again, and he went, and he looked at me, and I interpreted it for him, and he went, how do you understand that? I went, well, I have to. She's my daughter. I said, but the thing is, there's conversations we've had five years ago I'm still trying to process. One of these days it'll catch up. But she does. She speaks so fast. It's just like, and the more excited she gets, the more faster she gets. It's like, slow down. I'm a, I'm a hillbilly. Slow down. No, my wife does not speak fast. I don't know where Christina got it. I honestly do not know. But God wants us to understand the message. He wants us to understand. He's not trying to hide anything from us, even in the book of Revelation. He wants us to understand Revelation. But now also understand that you're going to understand a a level of uh, the scriptures, including Revelation. As you get more mature in Christ, you will understand a deeper level of the scriptures. And as you get even more mature, you'll find out that you can understand even deeper levels of the scriptures. So it's written, it's a beginner's book for experts, if you will. Depending on what level you are at as to where you can understand it. But God's not hiding the message. The message is clear. It's always been clear. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now that sounds like he's double speaking there, to be honest with you. It's not going to tarry, but it's going to tarry. Well, it's it's going to be understood, but yet you're not going to understand it. We'll break it down. This is not Nostradamus, okay? If you've ever read any of Nostradamus's quatrains, and I am actually fascinated by that dude, because I, you know, I'll watch all documentaries on Nostradamus. Not that I think he was a psychic, but I am sitting back going, how in the world does that explain what you're trying to get me to, uh, 
believe it explains. They say that Nostradamus had a quatrain, and that was the four lines of prophecy that he wrote, okay? And each one of the quatrains is numbered. There is a quatrain that was, that they tell me, the experts of Nostradamus, that it describes in great detail 9-11. I've read those quatrains, and I still can't see 9-11 out of them. And the sky will be on fire. Well, that's the planes hitting the building. What? No, the sky will be on fire. The sky is the sky. The building's the building. But there is, it fascinates me that how people can, can get involved in stuff like that. Be careful, though. Be really, really careful. Because you can get lost. Does he claim to be a Christian? No. No? No, not to my knowledge, he doesn't. Now, I think Edward Casey did. He claimed to be, and he was the sleeping prophet. He would go into a trance and would uh, tell you what was wrong with you. I think the man got lucky, to be honest with you. That was back in the early 1900s, 1940s time frame. Um, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The vision... The answer to Habakkuk's complaint was for a later time. Go ahead, brother. And I don't want to stall a class. No, go for it. Could that have reference to the time, too, that we're living in as far as God revealing more of himself? Yes. It is a double-ended or double-meaning scripture. Okay. It, it is for Habakkuk, but it is also for us. And it's for every generation. Because each generation has lived with wars and rumors of wars, has lived with pestilence and famines and all those things, and God's always had a plan. We've just got to be willing to work on ask God what the plan is and, and make it specific. What's the plan for your life? Not what's the whole plan, God, but... What's my part of the plan? What do you want me to do? But careful. He'll tell you. He will tell you. You may not like what he tells you. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, just yeah. like the rich ruler. When he said, how can I you know, come into your kingdom? He says, sell everything you own. Sell everything. Give it to the poor. Some Bible scholars believe that was... Saul, who later became Paul, that really? rich ruler. The rich ruler was Paul? Yeah, that's what Paul. some Bible scholars, I don't see I it. I don't know. Okay. I honestly, I don't, I've, though, but, I've but, tried but, to figure it out yeah. and studied that. But Paul but, yeah. was later on, wasn't he? But he was around he was at that time because he held the coats to the ones that stoned Stephen. He was a rich ruler. He was a rich man. He was well-educated. He was the... In today's verbiage, he'd have a Ph.D. in theology. But wasn't he more into, like, uh, persecuting and killing the Christians at that time? He was. But, but could he have been a test? Was it a test of Christ? How do I get to your kingdom? To they always yeah. was trying to trick Even they're going to try to trick you as well. Yeah. So, yes, it is a double-meaning scripture, if you will.
Because in, a, in one letter, and I'm going to share that. No, go ahead. Right. often heard preachers, especially in the uh, prosperity and some of the word of faith, take that to mean that if you don't create yourself some form of vision for how you want your mm-hmm. life to look like, and you don't have a vision, then God is not with you. Exactly. And I believe that we should have a vision. I do. But the thing is, what's the vision centered around? Me or God? The vision should be centered around God. We need to go to God and say, God, what is my vision for my life? And follow that. Because he says, without vision, the people perisheth. So we've got to have a vision of our life for our life, but what is that vision? That vision is what God wants you to do. It's like praying. He said he would grant the desires of our heart. And a lot of prosperity preachers preach that. And that oh, he told you that if you ask for a million dollars, you'll get a million dollars. That is not what that it's scripture means at all. When you get saved, God creates in you a clean and new heart. He puts his heart into you. So when you go and you say, Lord, this is my heart's desire, it's supposed to be Christ's desire for you. And he will grant those desires. You want to do more for God? The only thing that's stopping you is is you, not God. God's saying, come on, bring it on. Let's do it. If you want to do more for God, the only thing that's stopping you is you. That which y'all are talking about is like people prosperity. Mm-hmm. It's they. It's their flesh. Yes, that's what it is. Who gets rich in the prosperity movements? The preacher. The preacher. Yes. And that's what's in his heart. Yeah. That's what he's fleecing the flock. Desire. Yeah, that's his desire, yeah, not yes. for the people's desire. And he'll be accountable for that. He will. There's an old joke about a um, guy comes up to another man, stranger. And I will, I'll shorten the joke, but the, the guy that's supposedly a Christian is the one that's being approached, okay? And the supposed Christian steals from the stranger. And another Christian says, how do you justify that? He said, well, he was a stranger. And I took him in. We can make the scriptures say whatever we want them to say. But if we are true Christians, what we want the scriptures to say is exactly what God wants it to say. We can, we can mold it, we can change it, we can take it out of context, all we want. That doesn't change God, though. It does not change God in the least little bit. So... What is your vision? My vision is what God wants me to do. What does God want me to do? Preach and teach the message. To preach and teach the word. To reach as many people as I can reach. How does he want me to do that? Now that is kind of up to me. Now he gives me opportunities face to face. And I should take them and I do uh, you you have been proud of me on the beach. Me and several people, sunrise services. We had sunrise services. It was beautiful. But he also has given us technology to use. You have your-
ever thought about it? Twelve men. Twelve men, some of which were fishermen. And Christ spread the word faster and farther than we do with telephones in our pockets that can call anywhere in the world. We have equipment that can reach out into space. I mean, ISS. We can get on the Internet and communicate with the astronauts. So we can literally reach space. How fast is the word going forth these days? Snail space. But yet 12, four of which was fishermen, and I'm not throwing rocks at the fishermen, but the fishermen back then were the less educated ones. They knew how to catch fish. That was about it. Again, I'm not throwing rocks at them. My dad, when I, when I told him the years and years ago, probably close to 30 years now, Dad, I, I feel like God's calling me into the ministry to evangelize, to, to teach, to preach. Son, let me ask you a question. Okay. And I, I thought here was going to be some great deep theological question or advice from my father. And as I've gotten older, the advice that he gave me was deeper than I thought at the time. Why did he choose four fishermen? That was my father's question to me. Why did Christ choose four fishermen? Because they were available? I, I, I don't know. He said because they were simple people. They fish. They were simple people. He's not throwing rocks at him. He didn't use the word rocks, but he said, I'm not, I'm not saying they were stupid. I'm saying they were simple. He said, so here's my message to you, son. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And as I've grown in the ministry, I've went, you know, that was some wonderful advice that my father gave me. Keep it simple. My sister sat down beside of me right before I took, uh, preached at one of the churches, and she said, kiss her husband, but it was her boyfriend at the time, simple. looked at her and went, kiss. She said, yeah, keep it simple, sap. And then she said, you could also say, keep it short, sap. And her boyfriend just cracked up. I went, yes, ma'am. Two wise words. Two wise words. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't try to puff it up. Don't try to elevate it. Keep it simple. Preach just what God told you to preach. Tell people. Sometimes, yeah, you've heard me talk about the podcasts that I do. The number one podcast, still to this day, the number one episode, Jesus Loves Me is the name of that episode. It is by far the most listened to podcast that I have put out in three years. And March the 20th was my third year. In three years, Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And I would I expounded upon that, but that's the number one listened. And I just find it ironic and humorous 
And I think of my dad saying, keep it simple. My sister, keep it simple, Sap. That the most simple episode. Why do you think it is so complicated? People, well, let's say it another one. Why do you think it's we complicated to make it so hard to understand? Common core math. I know that sounds funny to answer that question okay. that way. Has anybody looked at Common Core Math? Not funny. That's okay. a lost cause. Uh, my grand, oh my gosh. Yeah, when we, when we learn math, when we learn to do addition or subtraction or multiplication or even division, we learned a simple process. 10 plus 12. Well, you take the 2 and the 0. You add those two together. You put a 2 down. You add the 1 and the 1 together, and you get a 2. So 10 plus 12 is 22. That's how we learn to do it. Oh, no! That's not how they're how learning they to do it now. How do they do it now? Okay, so now the common core of 10 plus 12 would be that you draw out a graph, and you put 1 in the tens column, for the 10, and zero, nothing in the ones column. Okay, so you got a one in the tens column. And for 12, you would put a one in the one in the tens column, and then two little marks on the, on the ones column. Now you add up all of the one column. And then you add up all of the tens column. You don't do it together. You do one, two, zero. Okay, one, two. Okay, two. Two is in, you got another graph. You got a two in the ones column. Now let me add up all of the ones in the tens column. Okay, I got one and I got two. And now I put a two in the tens column. And now I get to write my answer of 22. I'm not joking. It's a mess. Yeah, my like a mess. We've complicated our life to the point where we believe everything should be complicated. We can't fathom something simple and easy. And even to this day, when when you build something, you you buy a kit and you build something, and if it goes together like it's supposed to go, you go, wow, that was pretty easy. And you expect something difficult. I got a 31-foot flagpole. Now, you wouldn't think a 31-foot flagpole would be complicated because you put, them, you put these pieces together, okay? There's... It came in three sections of 10, I'll say 10 feet. It's a little bit more than 10 feet a section, okay? So you, you just jam these pieces together, and you dig a hole, and you put concrete, and you stand everything up, and you secure it, and you've got a 30, of course, the flagpole is actually longer than 30 foot, 31 feet. It's 31 feet above ground. You've got a bottom section, you've got a middle section, you've got a top section. So you just jam them together and you set them up. I've been there, not a 30-point Okay, that's pretty simple. You should have seen the instructions that came with that stupid flagpole. I can believe it. Believe me, I can believe it. Seriously, I'm like, that. what? I'm, I'm fairly intelligent. And I read those instructions. And I literally took the instructions and turned them upside down to see if they made better sense because the way that I was reading it, no. It didn't say jam the three pieces together. You have a bottom, a middle, and a top, and put them in the ground, put concrete around it, make sure it's secure, and you got a 31-foot flagpole. Oh, no, 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 no. A page and a half. A page and a half. 
of instructions. And then on the back, it was written in Japanese. I think I understood the Japanese better. <laughs> well, everything comes in. I bought a compost, one of those rotating compost. Mm -hmm. And it looks simple. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Page after page. And you didn't have it. Well, first of all, I looked at the instructions. And I go, I'm going to need 20. I'm going to need oh, two weeks to get through this. Yeah. 52 to 53 nuts, bolts, and screws mm -hmm. just to put this thing that rotates around. Yeah. A barrel on a stand. A barrel on a stand. That looks sound simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> to answer your question, brother, we have to complicate wor the world. We have to believe that it's it can't be that simple. We have complicated so much about So there's no point in us saying, well, Christ forgave us on the cross. All we have to do is accept it. Say we're ask for forgiveness and that's it. Oh no no no! It's got to be much more than that. But that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Christ died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. All we have to do is accept it by saying, "Lord, forgive me of my sins." Boom, done. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to have faith. But it's got to be more complicated. Yeah. Oh, you got to go to this church. You got to turn around four times, sit down, jump up. High five your neighbor. And then that's why you're so dizzy. Ed. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Was that poll that you had to put up? Did you pray and ask God to help you get through that with a lot of patience? I had Actually, no. I, I looked at it and went, slot A fits into tab. Yeah, this is easy. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I built fences with my dad. I can figure out how to put a pole in the ground. My brother calls them destructions. Yeah, most of the time. You know, they, they pick on the men about, well, not reading the instructions, but most of the instructions you can understand in the first place. Well, you got to really, I, with that particular compost, I'll tell you, I went to bed that night, and I'd ordered this thing, I'd already paid, I forget, seven, I was, I really wanted something, because I have a garden, and I wanted to compost, a rotating one, so I could keep the critters off of it. I'll tell you one thing, God does give us his, grace and his wisdom because I went to bed that night and I'm thinking Sherry this is the dumbest thing you ever bought you're never <laughs> going to be able to read these instructions but I do remember the next I did pray that night and I said God I fixed so many things in my life I've repaired so many things surely I can figure this silly compost bin out and um, I mean when I say a bag of screws and nuts and bolts I mean a plastic mm -hmm. bag this big but mm -hmm. And you had to lay everything out just mm -hmm. so, or you were never going to put it together. But you know that next day, I do know, I bet God gave you that wisdom with that 31-foot pole. I know he gave me wisdom. And he also gave me his his ability to understand the next day. Because I, I was determined not to let the enemy ruin my God. God came to Solomon yeah, in, a, in a dream and said, I'll grant you what you wish. All you've got to do is ask. He could have asked for popularity. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for whatever. But his request was, give me wisdom, God. I need wisdom to lead your people. You know what churches need to do more of? is They need to teach and preach more about, ask God for wisdom. After my husband died, that was my prayer. For, and it still is, five years later. That's my prayer. I want his, I want pray for his wisdom and also discernment. 
Yes. Because when you have God, it's not mine. It's not that I don't own any of that. He owns it. And I did pray, and even this morning driving to church, I was praying, I want more than ever, God, your wisdom and your discernment so I can make good choices and decisions for my life. And I bet you all of us sitting here this morning can look at our the people in our lives that we always looked up to from the time we were little. One thing they had was their faith, their belief, and their trust in Jesus Christ. But he won't give it to you unless you yeah, ask for it because he's gentleman. We have to be humble. He, you have to ask. Yeah, and you have to believe that he will do believe. it. Any prayer requests? Well, we will redo verse 3 next week. Uh, they got another question next, next week. No, go ahead. No, no, next okay. week. No, because it ties into it. Okay. It ties into that. Any other prayer requests? Uh, Lynn Welch is on. She wishes us to pray for her dad for surgery on Tuesday, and her friend John is dying. So pray for him. We have several others here that's also asking for prayer. Uh, again, remember Barbara Evans and your prayers and her family. Um, I know you all don't know Sister Evans, but she is a great friend of mine from Tennessee. Uh, she was married to a wonderful minister, Baptist minister, also a cousin of mine, but that's another story. He would have been a wonderful Baptist minister even if he hadn't been a cousin of mine. But uh, remember Sister Evans, he passed away back during the pandemic, dementia, and she just she needs our prayers. She always asks for prayer for her family. Rarely ever does she ask for prayer for herself, but let's pray for her as well, because I know that she misses Clayton very much. I, I miss Clayton very much. He was one of the ones that gave me my first podium to preach at and, and helped me in the ministry tremendously over the years. So just remember Miss Barbara Evans. Um, Pray for my brother, too. Yes. How's he doing? He's doing uh, better. Good. Um, he's growing and uh, still got questions. As long as he's asking questions, that's awesome. It's when you quit asking questions. And you, as Jason Collins often says, if you can't be taught, you can't be reached. And you might as well just go away. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, on Lynn and her request, Lord, that you'll touch her father, Lord, that you'll touch the surgeon's hands, and Lord, that you'll also minister to her friend, Lord, that you'll bless and heal if it is your will, God. But Lord, if it is not, Lord, that you'll give him the opportunity to cry out and to call out unto you one last time, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, on Sister Evans, Lord, that you'll bless and keep her family, but, Lord, that you'll also keep her. Lord, that you'll look on each and every one of us, Lord, that you'll remember our siblings, Lord, especially those that have just come to know you, God. We ask, Lord, that you'll let us be that light for our siblings and for our friends and, for Lord, for our co-workers. We ask, Lord, that you'll bless the music and let it be especially pleasing unto your ears. Anoint the lips of the messengers he endeavors to bring forth your message. And we ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.